Old Testament scripture reading as we prepare for the sermon is from Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 29 through 40. Hear God's word. Then I said to you, do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you, just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness, where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son, all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet in spite of this word, you did not believe the Lord your God who went before you in the way to seek you out a place to pitch your tents, in fire by night and in the cloud by day, to show you by what way you should go. And the Lord heard your words and was angered. And he swore, not one of these men of this evil generation shall see the good land that I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it. And to him and to his children, I will give the land on which he has trodden, because he has wholly followed the Lord. Even with me, the Lord was angry on your account and said, you also shall not go in there. Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall enter. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. And as for your little ones, who you said would become prey, and your children, who today have no knowledge of good or evil, they shall go in there. And to them I will give it, and they shall possess it. But as for you, turn and journey into the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea. Let's pray together. O God, your never-failing providence sets in order all things both in heaven and earth. Put away from us, we entreat you, all hurtful things and give us those things which are profitable for us through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. May the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I invite you to stand at this time for the reading of God's holy word from the gospel of Luke chapter 1. And I will be reading selected passages from the gospel of Luke. And so open your hearts and open your ears to hear God's word. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. He and his wife Elizabeth had no child because she was barren and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. 
and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared." And the angel Gabriel came to a virgin named Mary and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy." And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And all who heard these things laid them up in their hearts, saying, What then will this child be? For the hand of the Lord was with him, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the days of his public appearance to Israel. And that is the word of the Lord. May God add his blessings to the reading, the preaching, and the hearing of his word and all the church says. Amen. You may be seated. As I mentioned, we are beginning a series today on the gospel of Luke. And when I think of the gospel of Luke, I'm taken back to a time many years ago when I first went to a Bible institute and we had a teacher who insisted that we read the Gospel of Luke again and again. And each week we would be quizzed on things we had learned from Luke. And he wanted us to memorize at least two facts from every chapter in the Gospel of Luke. And there was a time in my life when I could have given you two facts from every chapter in the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Somewhere along the line, I forgot some of those things. So we get to learn them again together. But the Gospel of Luke has always been near and dear to me. And I love the way the Gospel of Luke opens up to us with Luke saying that the reason he's writing this book to a man who is a lover of God, his name is Theophilus, a lover of God, is because he wants this lover of God to know the true truth of his catechesis. A fancy way of saying he wants him to know the truth about the things he has learned. 
And so Luke is writing this book to him to confirm for Theophilus, this lover of God, the things that he's already learned. But he says, I want you to know that they are true. They are certain. They are sure. And you can rest in them. Now, the thing we're going to do for this week and next week is we're basically going to develop from Luke 1 and 2 a theology of children according to the Scripture. A theology of children according to the Scriptures. And what we'll see here is that God loves children from before they are in the womb until after they are in the tomb. Sometimes you'll hear the expression that God loves people from womb to tomb and we measure life in that way. But the scriptures make it clear that there's more to life than just womb to tomb. There is what is in the mind of God before conception. There is what happens to a person after death in the resurrection. And that's what I want us to focus on today. In this story, we have a story of two women who for Various circumstances could not bear children. One woman was infertile in her younger years, and then she was just too old to have any babies. And then there's this other woman who is perhaps too young in some ways to have children, uh, mainly because she's not married. So two different women, two different stories, and yet God comes to them and tells them that they are going to have children. And God tells them Not only that they're going to have children, but they will be sons. And he tells them what the sons are going to be and what they are going to do. Now, we can't focus on both of these babies today. So today we're going to focus on baby John. And then next week we'll focus on baby Jesus when we get to Luke chapter 2. But here's what I want you to see in this. And little kids, I want you to be listening because this story is about children. You read it and we heard the story and you heard about a man named Zechariah and a woman named Elizabeth and an angel named Gabriel and another woman named Mary. But tucked away inside of those stories, there were two other people mentioned, John and Jesus. And I want you to hear about John today. And I want you to think about what God said about John before John was ever in his mommy's tummy. God had a plan for John, and God knew John. He knew what John would be, and he knew what John would do. And what we learn about John in this story in Luke 1 is that God called John to be a priest and to be a prophet. He was going to be a priest because his daddy was a priest, and they came from a family of priests. And as far back as they could trace their family line, The men in that family served as priests before God. That meant that they were like ministers. And they spent their lives serving God and serving God's people and making sacrifices and praying and teaching God's word to God's people. We're going to see John acting like a priest a little bit more in a couple of weeks. But just keep that in mind for now that God called John to be a priest. God also said something here interesting about John, and that is that he was going to be what is called a Nazarite, a Nazarite. The word's not used in this story, but it's it's hinting at something that comes from the Old Testament when it says that John cannot drink wine or strong drink. It means that John couldn't drink any beer or wine through his whole life. Some of you would be really happy with that, but some of you wouldn't be very happy if that's what God called you to do. 
But all of his life, he was not allowed to drink wine or beer or even grape juice, which means that he couldn't even take communion with us. He was not allowed to eat grapes or raisins. And so his lunches and his snacks were very different than some of yours. He was not even allowed to get a haircut. And some of you who don't like haircuts would be happy to hear this. But imagine all of your life not getting a haircut. By the time John was a full grown man, can you imagine how much hair he had on his head? Can you imagine how much hair he had on his beard? He couldn't clip his beard. And so imagine this little baby in God's mind, this little baby that's going to be in the tummy of Elizabeth and then born into the world is going to grow up. And at some point, he's going to be a very hairy priest and a very hairy prophet. And he's going to preach some things that are going to scare some people and comfort others. He was not even allowed to go to funerals. This was a part of the regulation, a part of the rule of being a Nazarite. He couldn't go to funerals. And the story tells us that his mommy and daddy were already old when he was born. And so it's likely that at some point in his life, they passed away. And since he had this special calling on his life, he was not even able to go to the funeral and be near dead bodies. Now, that might sound very strange to you, but the scriptures say that all the days of his life, he was set apart for God's special purposes for him. One of the other things we learn about John is that John was called to be a prophet. He's called to be a prophet. And that means that he's like a preacher with a very special message and a very special mission from God. And so what John is going to do is he is going to call people to change. He's going to tell them to repent, to turn their life around, to turn back to God, to turn away from bad things and to pursue good things. And another thing he's going to do is he's going to call fathers to turn their hearts to their children. And he's going to call children to turn their hearts to their fathers. And the reason he's going to call for all of this change is because he wants God's people to be ready for the coming of the Lord. So John has a very special mission and a very special purpose in life. And the thing that I want all of you, big people and little people, to notice is that John did not choose this life for himself. His parents didn't even choose this life for him. But God chose it for John, called John to it. And then John is going to conform his life to God's calling. Now, it might seem like God is doing this brand new thing with John, like he's never, ever done anything like this before. And yet the scriptures tell us that God was doing with John what he had done with many, many other people before John ever came on the scene. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories from the Old Testament to show you this. And the reason is because I want you to see that God loves little children from tummy to eternity. Okay. You go back to the Old Testament and we meet a guy named Isaac. Some of you remember Isaac from your Sunday schools and from the readings that your parents do at home. But Isaac was the son of Abraham and Sarah. There was a time in Abraham and Sarah's life when they didn't have any children. They were very much like John's parents. And they were getting older and couldn't have any babies. And God came and said to them, a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. 
And they were really excited to hear that news. But they had to wait 15 years before Isaac was born. And then Isaac was finally born when he was born according to God's promise. God knew that Isaac was coming into the world long before his mommy and daddy did. Later on, when Isaac and his wife were going to have kids together, turns out they were going to have twins. And when the twins, Jacob and Esau were their names, were still in their mommy's tummy before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad, God told their mother, Rebecca, the older will serve the younger. Later on in the story of the Old Testament, we meet King David. And King David wrote in Psalm 139 of these things. He said, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So when David was a little bitty kid, he didn't know these things. But when he grew up and he grew in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord, he gained a better understanding of his place in the world and of what God had called him to. And he understood his life in light of God as creator and redeemer and that God is sovereign and that God had a purpose and plan for David's life. And even when David looked at all of the mess and all of the ups and downs of his life, he could still say, Every one of my days were ordained by God. God wrote them all in his book before one of them came to pass. Now, David didn't know what was on the next page of his story, but God did. And all David had to do was keep living and keep walking and keep existing and keep doing what God called him to do. And as he did that, each page of the book would turn until there were no more pages for David. And that's all God asked of any of us. But all of your days, just like David's, were ordained for you and written in God's book before any of them came to be. Now, that might be a scary thought for some of you, but it should be a comforting thought because it means that God knows not only the beginning of your story, but he also knows the end of your story. And if God knows the beginning and end of your story, that makes him the author of your story. And you get to trust the author. You can trust him to know what he's doing and to know where he's leading you. Jeremiah the prophet is another one. When Jeremiah the prophet was a young man, maybe a teenager, God called him to be a prophet to the nations and gave him this enormous challenge, placed on him a burden to preach his word. And Jeremiah resisted. He didn't want to do that. And he made the excuse, well, I'm too young. I I don't know enough. I'm too weak. I don't have it all together yet. And God came to him and said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. In other words, Jeremiah, you can run, but you can't hide. You're not getting out of this. Now, why am I telling you all these things? Why do I tell you all these things about God calling and choosing all of these little children before they were even born? 
The answer that I'm going to give you is the one that God gives us in the Scriptures. You can find this in Romans 9. God reveals these things to us in this way in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by man's works at all, but by God's grace alone. And that's what's happening with all of these stories. Now let's go back to Luke 1 and see what's going on in that story. So God has made some pronouncements. Some, uh, he's told mothers things that will happen to their sons when they finally come into the world. And now we come to a part of the story where you have in Elizabeth, the older, older woman that we met, she's carrying John and he's six months along. She's been carrying him for six months in her tummy. So he's still growing and taking shape and developing and moving around inside his mother's tummy. And then Mary has just found out that she is going to have a son. And when she hears the news, she gets up and she goes to visit Elizabeth because she also heard that your cousin Elizabeth is expecting a child. And that's a miraculous thing for Mary to know that her cousin, who has always wanted to have children and couldn't have them, is now going to have a son, and she wants to go and be with her. And so when Mary shows up, keep in mind what's going on here. Jesus is in Mary's tummy, and John is in Elizabeth's tummy, And John's a little bigger and farther along than Jesus is. And Jesus at this time is teensy tiny. Teensy tiny, a very scientific way to talk about him. Very tiny zygote. He's a couple of weeks old at best inside his mother's tummy. He's still unformed. He's still taking shape. He is still being knit together and woven together in his mother's womb. And yet when Mary shows up at Elizabeth's house and greets Elizabeth and Elizabeth hears Mary's voice, the baby inside Elizabeth, John, leaps for joy. He leaps for joy. And why does he leap for joy? He leaps for joy because Jesus Christ, the Lord, has just come near to him. Now think about that. What is the story showing us? The story is showing us a lot of different things. But one of the things it shows us is that human life begins at the moment of conception. Not at some point down the line, but at the moment of conception. And what we know theologically is that at the moment of conception, we also have the moment of incarnation. That was the moment that God became flesh in the Virgin Mary's womb. The other thing the story shows us is that God does not come into the world as a full-grown man. He comes into the world as a tiny little zygote. We could talk about that some more another time, but I just want you to know that once upon a time in the life of Jesus, He was a fetus just like you. He came into the world the way you came into the world. And so you have that shared experience with Jesus, even though you don't remember that. And maybe he didn't remember that part of his experience. It's still a shared experience, a part of your life, your shared story. Now, as I said to you, today's sermon is 
two kids and four kids and about kids. And maybe those things seem a little bit too big and heavy for kids. And maybe some of you parents are saying, hey, man, you're giving us a lot to talk about over pizza tonight when we get home. Well, good. Have a good conversation with your family about this. But I want you to see this important thing that's happening in the story. And the reason I'm pushing so hard for this is because in the Christian culture of which we are a part, in the Christian culture of which we are a part, there are people who on one hand love little children and they will do anything for little children, organize programs and ministries around little children. And some of those same people will begin to tell you all of the little things that little kids can and can't do. The things they can and can't know. The things they can and can't believe. And much of what they say contradicts what the scriptures tell us about little kids. In other words, you can love children and form programs and do all kinds of things to take care of them in a nursery sense. But that's not the same thing as bringing them up in the Lord and bringing the word of God to bear on their life and to raise them up in the faith. Through the years, people have told me things like babies cannot believe, babies cannot understand, babies cannot worship, babies cannot enjoy worship, babies cannot, and you fill in the blank. And what did we just see in this story? We just saw a mother explain that when her unborn child, still in her womb, drew near to Christ and Christ drew near to him, he leaped for joy. Why? He wasn't unconscious of what God was doing. The Holy Spirit was even at work in his life in that moment. The psalmist say, and here are two psalms for you. Psalm 8 says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens out of the mouth of babies and infants. You have ordained praise because of your foes. To do what? To steal the enemy and the avenger. You know what little children are? They're warriors. And when they worship God, they're waging war against the enemies of God. We see it in John the Baptist's life. We see it in the life of the psalmist and the prophets. We see it in the lives of the children who stood up here a moment ago, waging war on the enemy. So it was more than just cute, and it was very cute. And it was more than just precious, wasn't it? It was an act of spiritual warfare. These are the kinds of things that God has ordained from the mouths of babies and infants. The psalmist says in Psalm 22, From birth I have relied on you. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. The Apostle Paul says of himself in Galatians 1 that he was set apart from before his birth, from before his birth from his mother's womb to serve the purposes of God. And when he's encouraging young Timothy in Ephesus, who's struggling as a solo pastor against wild beasts in Ephesus, he reminds Timothy that from infancy, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation in Jesus Christ. 
From infancy you've known these things. So little children, don't let anyone tell you what you can't know. Don't let anyone say, you're too young to know God. You're too young to learn the scriptures. You're too young to worship. You're too young to believe. You're too young to live under the cross of Jesus Christ. Because God's word does not say you're too young. You're never too young to do these things. All these stories show us that God cares about little babies and little children from tummy to eternity. And you might be tempted to say, well, that was true of their stories, but my story is very different. And I would argue that, no, your story is very much like their stories. And so we can say with confidence, little kids, listen up, mom and dad, nudge them. Children, I want you to know this. That God knew you before you were born. God knew you before your mother and daddy knew each other. God knew you before you were born. He knew when you would be born. He knew who you would be, what you would become. He knew what you would do. He has all kinds of plans for your life. And you're just beginning to discover what some of them are, aren't you? God has promised to you to write His Word on your heart and on your mind. He promises to be your God and to make you His people. He promises to show you mercy and to forgive your sins. God has a purpose for your life. And we know what that purpose is. God wants you to worship Jesus. He wants to help you become like Jesus. He wants you to tell other people about Jesus. And that's starting right now, even while you're little children, not waiting until you're no longer little children and people too big to enjoy doing these kinds of things. This starts right now. God wants you to know that he loves you from tummy to eternity. And if you don't know what that means, ask mommy and daddy and they will tell you later. Now, I know John the Baptist, obviously. He had much more hair than I do. Probably a nice sweet beard to go with it. But hopefully by now you've picked up on some similarities between John's ministry and our ministry of the gospel here among you. What have we been trying to do the last several years? Not wreck shop. That's not what we've been trying to do. Call people to change. Yes, we've been doing that. But something else we've tried to do is turn the hearts of parents to their children and turn the hearts of children to their parents. Why have we been doing that? Because we're trying to prepare all of you for the coming of the Lord. We want you to be ready, a people prepared and equipped for the coming of the Lord. And that's one reason why many times in in my teaching, and you've heard it from other pastors, we've encouraged parents to bring their children up in the Lord. We encourage you to teach them God's word and to pray for them and give them to God in baptism, to lead them to worship and to serve the Lord. And that's one reason we encourage you little children as well to love God with all of your heart, to worship God in spirit and truth. To trust God no matter what. And even to obey your mommies and daddies. The reason we're talking to you little children is because you are as much a part of Christ and His church as any big person in this room is.
And you're very special to the Lord and you're special to us. And we're reminded when we see you sitting in the pews or standing up in front of us singing or coming to the table or lifting your hands in the doxology, we're reminded in those moments that Christ has called us to be like you, to turn and be like little children. And when we become like little children, guess what we get to do? We get to enter the kingdom of God. We get to inherit all of the blessings that God has promised us. So it's not about you becoming like us so much as it's about us becoming like you. And so we thank God for this reminder that He has ordained praise from you and that we get to share in that with you.